Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, also known as Yuppie and Lil Harvard. Yep, apparently. Like that, Lil Harvard. Yeah, I guess. Two guys who went to Mizzou, one who graduated, one who's efforting. Still working on that. Yeah. Knock it out this summer. I think when my four-year-old graduates, I'm going to walk with him. That's the plan. (laughs) What a a lovely little thing that That'll be be a ceremony. Uh, This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It's a program that solicits your involvement. Oftentimes, it's critical. 65780 air service text line. I ask for mic drops. I think you leave them. They're sponsored by Rhino Shield. Jackson just won't play them. That's kind of where things are here on this show. If you want to podcast it, it's the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. And you can go back and podcast like the Dickens Balloon Party by downloading the 101 ESPN app. But I would imagine many of you have already done that. Jackson, what's the good word? Tell me what the good word is. I felt like I, I went on and on and on yesterday, and you were back, and I know you wanted to talk about the Celtics and Warriors and going no. to the Hamptons and flying <laughs> right. into Teterboro and, right. and seeing Manhattan and in all its glory. What's going on with you? No. Uh, I'm going to let it breathe. Sure. Yesterday wasn't. I wasn't dying to talk. The That game, Sunday night game, was not of real any interest. They just Celtics played bad, Warriors played good. Um, yesterday was kind of a... I, I mean, the Avalanche and Oilers played, but the Cardinals were off. No finals. It's kind of like one, of, you know, that's the summer now. Is like the Cardinals play, sports are on. Cardinals don't play. Some things, St. Louis wise, St. Louis centric wise, sports are kind of down. All right, so, here I'm going to take this then. Sure. Cardinals are playing the Rays. Yep. In Tampa. Yep. All right. Mount Rushmore hashtag. Excuse me. Mount Rushmore of worst stadiums arenas in American sports. Okay, so is it Tropicana Field is where they play? That is correct. Okay, so Tropicana, George Washington. Oh, I don't know. I think a lot of people would go with the A's uh, in Oakland Coliseum. Coliseum is going to be on there. I think the Buffalo Bills home. I have not been there. I've been to the Oakland Coliseum, Mm -hmm. seen the A's play. Never saw a Raiders game there when they were there. Uh, I'm gonna... I have flown over Tropicana, but I haven't been in there. It Driven reminds me of, uh, well, number one, my skull, because it's tilted to the side. But then number two, it, it reminds me in ter- in, on the interior side of the dome, the Rams Got, yeah, dome. Yeah, yeah, dark. <laughs> it's dark. Dark, antiseptic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Empty. A, a new one who has entered the chat is the Texas Rangers new stadium. That's a nice play. The Texas Nicely Rangers done. new stadium. For a needs. brand new building in an area with all of that money, that's live. I mean, The Marlins awful. thing, live. Yeah. I, I, do, I really do think more attention needs to be paid to whatever they did in Arlington. Right. Now, it's... I don't know the setup in Arlington with that ballpark. Cardinals were there at the World Series in 2011. 
Uh, it was a rather quick turnaround. Nobody's had a quicker turnaround than the ballparks they're going through in Atlanta. Right. Um, yeah. But but that was a relatively quick turnaround with the ballpark at Arlington to whatever the warehouse thing is that they play in now. But my goodness. I get it in the sense that it's so hot there that right. you want to have the option. Yeah. I'm beyond confused by if the Twins ever get to the World Series, how that's going to be handled because yeah. they do not have a retractable roof. And I get having a retractable roof. In Miami with the the afternoon storms during yep. the summer. Yeah, that's a good call. But the thing in Tampa is just hideous. So that is that is for sure in my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I love your Texas Rangers new ballpark. Yeah, I think awful. you have to go with the Oakland Coliseum. Where is our fourth for the uh, Mount I Rushmore? I have a baseball. Of bad buildings is the Cardinals. You'll be watching it tonight. The Cardinals, who should of course be wearing navy hats on the road, will be wearing the red hats in a tribute to the Greg Jeffries era of the Cardinals and the magical run that was. Why they're not wearing the navy hats? Don't get me going. But either way, they'll be in that hideous ballpark. And that's what you're going to see against a good team, but yeah. just a, an empty stadium and an antiseptic ballpark. So I want to go away from baseball, but I guess I'll... So oh, you're going to the association somehow. No, because arenas are all kind of very... They're all very similar. When you're... when you're if Football stadiums and baseball stadiums... The appearance stadiums. on television, it is. If you're on the outskirts of right. like the concourses, you can certainly tell a difference. Right, and I've been to very... I've been to Madison Square Garden, which is incredible, and I've been to where the Sixers play, which I think is the special... Not the, that's not the spectrum. Uh, Wells Fargo Center, that's what it's called. Um, I've been to two of those two, and they were pretty cool. Uh, Baseball-wise, though, wherever the White Sox play, that name changes a bunch. I think it's guaranteed right field. That place is... Wow, I don't know if that's going to get on the Mount Rushmore. I know that's a, a rough one. I, I just think, like, everyone just says it's like, like we're just missing a stadium. One. I feel like we're missing one. I know, I feel like... Uh... Trying to think of a football stadium that would be like really bad. Guys, what about the Arizona Coyotes playing at a college arena? It's yeah, it's rough. Play. It's rough. Where the Chargers played uh, their their first couple of years in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I gotta read this text while they were playing at a soccer minor league stadium. soccer stadium. <laughs> Jackson, nice brag about going to Madison Square Garden. Do we have a prize? What? Do we have a prize? I feel like we're giving away tickets or something, and I would like to give away tickets. You go see Billy Corgan and Smashing Pumpkins. That's what that text deserves. That because I couldn't agree more that Jackson wanted everybody just to remind everybody that he spent the weekend in New York <laughs> and he was up there watch taking in the Rangers and Lightning because he loves the NHL so much that he went and saw the Eastern Conference Finals, and that was a way to remind you, the Midwesterner that he went to Ladue and spent the weekend in the Hamptons, but he did stop at Madison Square Garden before mm. his car service took him out to Long Island. No, no. Fortunately for me, it was a middling Knicks team versus an even more middling Minnesota Timberwolves squad mm. that featured a young Zach Levine. But uh, no, it was not for hockey. It was incredible, though. And I will brag about that because it was awesome. All right, fair enough. Um, I think that uh, we're getting a lot of Soldier Field votes. I like. I think it looks cool from the outside. I've heard mixed things about it though. I just, but when we're talking, when we're talking about Tropicana Field, yeah, you're putting, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. The Soldier Field might not live up to, but I mean, we're talking about the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. And I really do think you hit the nail on the head with the. Uh, the it Texas was Globe Ring. Life. I don't know I what think it is that's now. Still what okay, it is. the ballpark, and because this is brand new. Yeah, exactly. And for it to be that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, you know, Jerry Jones played a role in the Rams leaving St. Louis, but what a nice tribute from Dallas to pay tribute to the Dome in St. Louis by essentially building a baseball stadium version of the Dome in St. Louis. What a garbage-looking stadium. Yeah. A lot of people Maybe say, it's super nice as far as the accoutrements, but watching a game, yeah. 
A lot of people say the Panthers stadium sucks. I've been there a few times. Yeah. I assume we're talking about the Carolina variety, not the yeah, Florida, not the not Hollywood. Yeah, that's uh, I've I've nah, have I been there? I haven't been there, but people guys, my votes that. for Heine Miney. I have uh, I have played there. It was when I was going through my Steve Sachs Chuck Knobloch second base situation, yeah, which the ball does. would be just a nice little grounder, two hopper <laughs> throw would go flying over the first baseman's head, or just directly into the dirt three feet in front of me. <laughs> Good time. You would never guess that I struggle. I feel like all the new fo- like football stadiums now are like the ones that would have been on the list have now been replaced and beautiful. Like whether that be Atlanta or Minnesota. Well, I mean the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Went from going. Oakland Coliseum to the Death Star. I don't know if you've seen that. You're driving along in Las Vegas on whatever that is. I think is it. I don't know what interstate that is. Uh, and it's just right off the. And it, it, you would never know it's a stadium. Yeah. You know. Right. The right. Death Star. Yes. <laughs> the Death Star. Uh, I would think the Bills would be yeah, one. Yeah, I've that, heard that's weak, but, but I just I feel like the energy there. is so good there. there that that kind of makes up for it. Like I feel like with the Tropicana, not only is the stadium bad, but the energy in the building sucks. Uh, Tim, what about the Detroit Lions Stadium? Uh, Ford Field. Yeah, I've been there. I didn't think that. I thought it was kind of nice. Now it's been almost two decades. I was there. The Rams lost their final regular season game of the year in 2003 to a team that I think might have had one or two wins, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And it cost them home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And then they had to wind up playing the Panthers. And then Steve Smith burned Jason Seahorn's jockstrap right at the 50-yard line Mm. as he ran into the end zone for the last ever playoff game in St. Louis uh, history. Mm. There you go, Jackson. So Ford Field. Stings. Yes, it has some bad memories. Yeah, I feel like it's either going to be a football or baseball stadium because the arenas are too uniform just based on what you see on TV. Uh, We're getting a million texts on it, 65780. So we're all in agreement, though, that where the Cardinals are playing tonight is in the mix. 65780, Tropicana Field uh, is in the mix. Oakland Coliseum. I realize probably many people haven't been there. I don't think it's a brag to say that you've been to Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> if it is, then uh, then I guess I'm guilty. Right. You know, I mean, it wasn't exactly. It was a Friday night in 2001, uh, and I wanted to see Ichiro play. And I think I was there for Rams 49ers game that Sunday and said to my girlfriend, just had to be an aphrodisiac for her. I'm like, hey, want to go over to Oakland? <laughs> I know we're in San Francisco for the night, but would you like to go to Oakland to watch the Mariners and A's play? Surprisingly, the relationship didn't last because I would think if you're in San Francisco for the weekend and your gentleman lover says, hey, why don't we head over to that side of the bay and go to an A's game to watch Ichiro play, I would think that that would be something that would turn her on. But as it is, it played out. Didn't 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 quite work out. Uh, so we got Oakland Coliseum. We got Tropicana. I like Jackson's play on Globe Life. The new Ranger Stadium, and I feel like there is one that we're missing, and I'm just... Uh, well, one's going to be replaced here soon, and that's uh, where the Washington Commanders play. I've heard that. I've is... been to that one. I didn't think that was that bad. Really? I've heard really. Again, I didn't think... I, I, I wasn't like, it's great. Right. I just didn't think it was that bad, but right. I have seen that getting texted. And a, a, a good. Mo- heard the Blue Jays play sucks. That's a nice play. Is that Rogers Center? Center? It was the Sky Dome, and when it opened, it was... 
state-of-the-art yeah. and they had a hotel there oh, really? and some friends of the feather would utilize the hotel and if they were exhibitionists uh, they kept the windows open and oh wow yeah dazzled the fans before joe carter did i like the look i feel like that looks cool like it, it's, you like a good hotel in a ballpark well the hotel notwithstanding i think just the stadium itself I, whenever i see games there i, th- I think it, that's the difference between tropicana and where the blue jays plays the energy is a lot better where the blue jays play like it feels more alive the right. tropicana feels like a my lobby. understanding on the, the the Tropicana, one of the issues the Rays have is that it's in a spot where the population center isn't, uh-huh. which was one of the reasons why the Braves, I mean, if you're driving from St. Louis through Atlanta, you see it was called SunTrust. Now yeah. I don't think it is. No. You see it before you get a bef- decent amount before you get to downtown Atlanta. You'll probably be sitting there in traffic while you're doing it. It's what Certainly. I uh, enjoy. And uh, Turner Field... Remember, you used to see Fulton County Stadium, uh, and now Turner Field, you still see it. it. hasn't been torn down because it has ties to the Olympics. So we have our three, and I'd like a fourth. The not-so-great American ballpark, Fulzy. That's a nice play, Fulzy. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice play. Yeah. Somebody's throwing Wrigley out there. I get it if Wrigley were, like, built in the last yeah. 30 years. Yeah. But I, I really do like it. And the, the location where it's at, too. I mean, that's— It's just a pony. Right. It's an absolute— Pony. Right. Although, man, it was lightly attended this weekend. Yeah, I know. It was such a beautiful weekend, well, they're too. They're down. That's what we talked about yesterday. They're down on the Cubs. There. They're down on Ricketts. That's a whole thing. Really Trust Park in Atlanta is the new name from the 618. Thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate that. Marlins Park is live for the discussion. Marlins oh, Park yeah. Is, Marlins Park is Been live there. for the discussion. Yeah. Uh, all right, 65780. Jackson, you know, I was sitting with Anna Marie, my wife, last night, and I said, i got to tell you about this, Jackson. I got the sense he didn't feel really well yesterday, probably hung over from <laughs> spending... Uh, the weekend with 12 guys in, in two bedrooms. And 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 yet still here you are, and you send these wonderful... I, said, I showed my laptop to my wife. I closed out a few tabs, and then I showed my <laughs> laptop to my wife. And I said, look at what he does every day, every day with Thank the questions. You. Appreciate you. So we've got uh, Jackson's uh, queries for the day here. Uh, you are welcome to get involved. 65780 is how you can text in. You can leave a mic drop that's presented by Rhino Shield, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. The program is called Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Wow. Jackson, going metal riff. I had to pick some last second. I guess I forgot to put in something there. So, caught me is, off guard. This is why. Yeah, usually I go for some a little less hardcore, but I kind of like it. Switch the vibes up a little. You're more of a dubstep guy on our return music. Yeah, usually some I can pump my fist to. <laughs> That's and, what I've noticed. Yeah, really. And I'm get welcoming down the audience back. It's the uh, balloon party here on 101 ESPN, uh, and you are welcome to partake anytime you would like by texting in six five seven eight zero or Air Comfort Service text line we are here for an hour and then it's bk and ferrario at 11 o'clock until two o'clock and then the fast lane from 2 p.m until 6 p.m with anthony stalter jamie rivers and brad thompson uh jackson sends over these questions and uh, i like them because i need i need something to spark me Mm -hmm. that's what it's all about i need to be sparked and on a day like today now for me not a big deal, but if we were to like we're, we're a show where we break down games, be problematic, right? The Blues, it's in the past. Yeah, as as you were given on this show, the Avalanche did deliver the sweep of the Oil. Yep, 
Uh, but it does not count for Predictionary because no. I think it was plus 375, and no. I didn't feel like that would be reasonable to. Um, I was watching that last night. I won't ask you, Jackson, if you were watching it because I have a feeling I know the answer, and the answer probably won't play well with the audience. But I was watching it last night. I did enjoy Panger's reaction to Don Koharski's <laughs> uh, holy S as they were deciding whether or not uh, it was a high stick to end the series. I actually thought it was, by the way. I don't know. I don't really think like the Oilers were going to come back and win the series. But if that were the Blues, I'd be a little irritated. Yeah, I saw I do the think replay. It, I, do think it, I do think by the definition, and I think that's why Don after. Koharski, for those of you who are watching, and he goes, holy ass, Panger. <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And the Panger just starts giggling. Um but yeah, this, this, the sensors didn't catch it. I don't know if you can now say that on TNT or not. Uh, I think on Personally, TNT. Personally, I would love it. I think let's, TNT, let's be you able can. to say whatever word we want. Because that's cable, right? I think you can. I guess so. Yeah. They I guess they, they try not to. I guess sure, they try not, not to. It's not encouraged. Like, but... hey, uh, Don, if you could, you know, drop an S bomb when breaking yeah. down the game winning goal. I don't think it was scheduled You'll that way. You'll see that a lot. They drop the audio a lot. And, uh, when, That's the move with the mics on like the ice. Shows. Like the mics on the ice or on the court, you'll like hear like, "Oh, why is the audio dead for three seconds? Oh, it's because someone screamed the f bomb or right. something." Um, I would imagine that the Avalanche are going to be sitting around for a while, so I don't know if Kadri will be back. He's out for that series, which is now over. But I have a feeling you're going to uh, see the Rangers and Lightning. I think that one's going at least six. Mm. Man, I want to see Patty Maroon get a chance. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I'd like to see Patty Maroon go after some of those Avs. <laughs> You yeah, know, I, I think he's gonna. Yeah, he's got. I don't want to see. Listen, you, you, you can, it's petty. It, it is. I will acknowledge it's petty. But Stan Kroenke lifting Lombardi Trophy in the Stanley Cup in a matter of six months is not something I'm really looking for in my life. No, no to not be real for it. transparent with our audience. Uh, all right, Jackson, you've sent over these questions. Why don't I? want to ask you. You've sent over the questions. What one? What one engages you? I want to engage you. I felt like I went on and on and on on the Rams money yesterday, mm-hmm. and then the Cardinals Cubs thing, and you were sitting there and you're like, yeah, but the Celtics. But okay, but the other worries. <laughs> you know, should Draymond have been ejected? You know, and I'm just like, I couldn't. Yes. I didn't let you. So what? What's going to engage you? Uh, what's What's really really engage you of the questions you sent over. I felt really good about the one. So we talked yesterday about the differences philosophically in the Cardinals and Cubs. Okay. And what, you know, how they've done over the past, since 2016 and pretty much since 2000. And I think it would be a fun exercise to do with the Blues, too. And which one? The Cardinals and Blues or Blues and Cubs? Or include the Blues in with the Cardinals and Cubs? No, no. Blues and Cardinals. Blues and Cardinals. Comparing how they've kind of gone about what they do for the past five, six years which one the fan base prefers, and, like, yeah, I think that's just that's the gist. All right. My gauge on what the fan base prefers, and uh-huh. I'm talking to the people right now, so you can tell me what you would be the blues. Right. Now, I, and I think that would probably come at about an 80% clip. Mm-hmm. On this show, on this radio station, which is the Blues radio station, but I think even if I took this to, say, Twitter, and I came out of Twitter retirement and put that poll up there, uh, I still think it would probably be in the 70 to 80% Blues. Yeah. And I think the reason for it is, and maybe it's not accurate, but I think it's perception that the Blues are always going to be trying and so, for example, a couple of months ago, trade deadline, which was a huge topic going into it, um, there just wasn't a doubt that the Blues would do something. Right. You just knew it. Mm-hmm. This morning in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson, 
guy I like, you know, just really a big fan of him. Sometimes I disagree with what he writes, but hell, I disagreed with what Brian Burwell wrote 90% of the time, but I think he was one of the greatest guys I've gotten a chance to know in St. Louis media. Just a good guy. Disagreed with him a bunch, but really liked him. Um, so sometimes I'll disagree with Ben, and I know it's something, it's probably a good strategy. You write about, you know, the trade deadline, you write about free agency, it gets fans worked up. But the Cardinals, barring a miracle, are going to be in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean the Cardinals are a great team, but when you are in the National League Central and you're one of the two teams competing and you get 57 games against three teams that aren't competing, you are at an advantage of other teams in the league. And I do think the Cardinals are a good team. Mm-hmm. And so Ben, this morning, is setting the stage for the trade deadline, which is still 50-plus days away, that the Cardinals are going to have to correct the offseason missteps in free agency by being aggressive and filling voids at this year's trade deadline. Now, if this were the Blues... In the exact same set of circumstances. Now, it would be weird for only two teams to be competing in the NHL in a division. Right. But if we're going to attempt to draw an analogy to the Blues and the Cardinals, the Cardinals are one of two teams that can win the National League Central. And I would say that with a 99-plus percent certainty, which is a really weird thing to say when we're only talking on June 7th. But nonetheless, you can say it. And you probably could have said that on, on April 15th, too. But with that all said... So you know you have a chance to win the National League Central. And I would say the Cardinals are 75-plus percent to be in the postseason, and that might be low. So if you know that, and then you also incorporate that it is, as sure as we can be, the last year for Albert Pujols and the last year for Yadier Molina, and then there is a chance that it's the last year for Adam Wainwright. All of the sets of circumstances are in place for the Cardinals to be as aggressive as they have been at the trade deadline, perhaps since 2009, when they acquired Mark DeRosa a few weeks before they acquired Matt Holliday. That was as aggressive as I think the Cardinals have been. The trade that won them the World Series was in 2011, but I think that was kind of a more results-oriented trade. They were kind of wanting to get rid of Colby Rasmus, and it's like, let's see what can happen. And all of a sudden, you know, Octavio Dotel, Mark Zipchinski, uh Corey Patterson, and who was the fourth member of the trade? Type away, because I can tell you don't know it, and it's It's, it's bullpen arm, right? Zipchinski, Dotel, Corey Patterson. It was a three-way trade, I think, with the White Sox and Colby Rasmus, who was irritating the hell out of Tony LaRusso, went there. But either way, my point being, uh, God, I wish I could think of it right on that. But here's the thing. Distracted you with that. I distracted you with that. You got it. Uh, No, you don't have it. I don't. Oh, boy, this is a bad All right, hosting. I know. And I, I, that's bad hosting on my part. It's just dreadful hosting on my part. You never ask a question. It's like an attorney. You never ask a question. You don't Edwin know the Jackson. answer to. Thank you. Yeah, you laid down a nice bunt. So, with that all said, that was, to me, the last time the Cardinals have been aggressive at the trade deadline. 2009. Even sure. though the 2011 trade absolutely played a role in the World Championship. But I don't think when that trade was made in 2011, it's like, ooh, the Cardinals are really going for it. You're going, oh, I guess the Colby Rasmus thing isn't going to work out. Sure. So what am I attempting to say before we took the scenic route around the 2011 trade (laughs) is this. If this were the Blues, you know they would be making a move of significance on July 31st. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. And that 
is something that fans feel comfortable investing their dollars in and their emotions in when they feel like the organization is reciprocating it by trying to win. That, I think, is the thing that has caused a disconnect for some Cardinal fans and the Cardinal organization over the last six years or so. Now, the Cardinals have been aggressive in the offseason, and that's the thing that's kind of weird about it. When you talk about trades over the last five years and who have been acquired, I can't imagine too many more teams would have a, a better list than the Cardinals when you're talking about Ozuna, and I know you might like to have that one back, mm-hmm. considering who went and now that Ozuna's not here. Yeah. But Ozuna, Goldschmidt, Naranato, I mean, those are significant, significant moves. The issue is they've kind of been middling around the trade deadline, minus 2019, and they haven't been aggressive. And I like to see, I, I consider aggressive also selling, just doing something. So this year, and Ben Fredrickson this morning in the Post-Dispatch already lays the foundation for it, that, hey, what were your free agent signings this offseason? What was the highlight one? I know the one that the marketing campaign's built around, but nobody was like, oh, they got Albert Pujols. They might win the World Series. It's like, oh, that'll be nice. It was Steven Matz, Steven right? Steven Matz, yeah. Steven Matz. It was Drew Verhagen. Hagen. Yeah, uh, Corey Dickerson. And then there were uh, Corey Dickerson, right. Yeah. It wasn't exactly glamorous. It was no. f- very surprising. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, I missed on that one bad. I, I brought you the avalanche sweep. I was very wrong on the Cardinal offseason. Yeah. Very wrong on the Cardinal offseason. But maybe the Cardinal, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Maybe the Cardinals were like, we're not going to spend all this money on a shortstop because we'll move Edmund over there and Gorman will be yeah. at second base. I'm just, for the sake of it, I'm playing devil's advocate. Sure. And then even if one of the outfielders regresses, we'll still have two of, you know, O'Neill Carlson, Bader, and we have Yepes, and we feel good about him, and we've got Goldschmidt and Arnano, and, you know, this is Yachty's last year, so we just kind of accept that situation. So with that all said, okay, Cardinals are in a spot where without question – from my standpoint, I think from their standpoint, they are going to be in the tournament come October. Mm-hmm. If this were the Blues, and they knew where they were going to be in the tournament, the Blues, I think fans would feel like, would be aggressive on July 31st. Cardinals, you don't know. Mm-hmm. There was revisionist history on last year's trade deadline. If one would like to say the Cardinals were aggressive last year with John Lester and Jay Happ, I would tell you that you are buying into the numbers after the fact and not the numbers going into it. Those guys were brought in to eat innings because the minor league arms that the Cardinals had to use at the major league level were flaming out and they didn't want to destroy their careers. So they just got guys to eat innings and they happened to catch lightning in a bottle for a few starts. But both of them are now retired. Right, exactly. So <laughs> so, to say that, yeah. so with that all said, that to me is the core difference between the two teams. Yep. Now, if you take a step back over the last 20 years, I don't know what fan base. You, I mean, the Cardinals have had this run. We talked about this run yesterday, and we talked about the difference between the Cubs and the Cardinals. You can't argue with it, but there are times where the Cardinals have been on the verge, and I think fans feel like they just kind of lay low. But part of the cost of doing business in being a sustainable power is to not sell off in a trade for short-term gratification, long-term assets. And that is one of the reasons why the Cardinals are usually one of the more calm teams around the trade deadline. I mean, I remember watching MLB Network last year, Jackson, on the trade deadline. 
and Am Singer, St. Louisian, uh, along with whoever was on the desk with him, they're just like, boy, tough to figure out what the Cardinals are doing. You know, are yeah, they in, are they out, and who, why are they getting these guys, and what are they doing? And they were just confused by it. That, that it kind of became part of the discussion, even though they weren't big names. They were just confused by it. So this year, if they don't do something at this moment, would look like starting pitching. Who mm-hmm. knows what's going to play out over the next forty-five games or so? But that would be that would be anarchy, I think, around here if that were the case. So that's how I see the difference. Bottom line: this. Trade deadline comes, the Blues are in the mix, you know Doug Armstrong's doing it, Cardinals are in the mix, you're not sure they're going to do something, and oftentimes it's something that is less than inspiring. So there is my very brief summary. How do you see it? Yeah, I, I just think a lot with the Cardinals, and speaking on the disconnect, is they're not very predictable. I feel like the Blue, like you said, like the Blue, like you know the Blues would make a move in this situation, and so given the context, they make a move. Sometimes the Cardinals, it seems obvious for them to do something, and they don't do it, and you at the and reactions go crazy, and then things end up working out, and it's not always, and that might not be a very good way of looking at it, but sometimes that happens. Like, you know, no one could have predicted that the Nolan Arenado deal and how they got it. That was incredible. And then at the same time, yeah, you know, the Rockies have served as a farm system for the Cardinals over the last twenty years. That's true. And it was with a brief respite in Oakland for Matt Holiday, but that was basically another Colorado yeah. deal that had if gotten going. Todd Helton came over. It, it was Daryl Kyle in ninety nine two thousand. It was Holiday, even though he's with the A's, but they had been interested in. Him. They've been talking with the Rockies about Tulowitzki. Yeah, going back to that, and then Larry Arnotta, Walker. Larry Walker in two thousand four. That was actually after July thirty first. Yeah. So yeah, that's certainly been the case, but. You know, it's just been, and then they're like somewhat obvious moves or moves that were like, oh, this is what the fan base wanted. This is kind of obvious, like Dexter Fowler didn't end up working out. So I think a lot of times they kind of fall back on their analytics and kind of keep everything in the room and not be as transparent because they feel that's the best way going forward to do so. Where the Blues, you can kind of see what's happening as it's happening, whereas the Cardinals are much more different in that sense. And I think that's where some of the disconnect also lies. I also think, and I, and by the way, I don't think that this is necessarily fair, mm-hmm. um, but I think that Tom Stillman, this is just, re- it's just a real thing. And, and examine yourself as I present this, and by that I'm not talking about physically, but mentally, that Tom Stillman and Doug Armstrong, I think, are more relatable mm-hmm. than Bill DeWitt and John Mazalak are. So if you want to go back, as use an example of that, Tony LaRusso, who is now, you know, canonized in St. Louis sure. with two world championships and the successful run he had here from 96 through 2011, initially really dealt with a lot of backlash because he was a Bay Area guy who, yeah. at least publicly, didn't eat meat, drank wine, didn't drink beer, and, you know, would return to the Bay Area in the off season. And right. some people who really like to get into people's business, like his wife doesn't live here. What's that about? I don't know. Can he manage a baseball team and let them live their lives? Right. But that was something that initially, until they won the pennant in 2004, he dealt with for the first eight, nine seasons here. As weird something. as that might sound, right. but that's a real thing. So then bringing it to present day in 2022, I do think, even though I think Bill DeWitt, I think when Bill DeWitt's time whether it goes to Bill DeWitt third, or whether it goes to, you know, not the, the, the selling rumor of last year that I never took seriously. Point being, Bill DeWitt, even though I know he catches a lot of hell, that era will be looked at, or this era will be looked at as one of the great eras in Cardinal baseball. And I really don't know how it wouldn't be, by the way. 
uh, and John Mazalak, while the last five years, I don't know how anybody could spin that into being a great success, his first years, minus eight and nine, or 2007 and 2008, I should say, there was just a run of success. Mm-hmm. And even though, but then when I asked him about fans being a little irritated, his response when we were at spring training was, are they not entertained? Now, I know what he was doing. It was a play on Russell Crowe and the Gladiator, mm-hmm. you know, and Gladiator. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Yep. Screaming at the crowd. Yep. But if you don't get the joke, you're like, man, what this guy, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. but I know what he was doing. So I just think Armstrong and Stillman, I think, and it's not fair, but I do think it factors in. Your thoughts on what I had to say on it, 65780. You listen to Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. My goodness, it's 1042, Jackson. Oh, how the time flies. In your mind, when you're sitting over there and I'm going off on one of these rants, some Chris Russo-like rant, mm-hmm. are you thinking, I need to, like when Rocchio filled in for you on uh, on Friday, I don't know what he did. He gave me some kind of gesture. Oh, did he? Yeah, he gestured. But I oh. liked it. Oh, wow. So, uh, so I'm telling you, because uh-huh. I think I went 17 minutes, and I think that's against the law. <laughs> oh, the break? <laughs> the, the break sign. Thank oh. you. I'm such a seasoned veteran doing this for 20 plus years. <laughs> well, yeah, that I didn't know the break. You've never signed. told to break. So. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's right. <laughs> but yet, my intuition, you know, I was able to go, oh, I've been going too long on this. Uh, so yeah, I'm like, oh, man, it's 10. I just came back and I'm like, oh, it's 10 for now. It's 1043. I'm talking about how much time we're wasting, and it's wasting time. It's Very amazing. meta. All right. Uh, so here's the deal uh, the topic for the day Action Jackson's wonderful set of questions. Do you ever get tired? Is it tough to come up with these? I would think oh, they're yeah. tough. Some, okay. some days. Some days are like, I'm like really reaching. <laughs> but you really do a great job with Thank them. Thank you. I'm dead I serious. That. I would say this privately. The fact that I'm saying it publicly is actually it, off brand. It's, it's good to make sometimes like. You know, you do some things and it's just like you feel kind of mundane, but doing that really activates the brain. And it, and I, I enjoy some days. Some days, though, I am I am reaching. <laughs> I think that this question on the different—and the reason for the genesis of the question was the column yesterday in the Chicago Sun-Times, if right. you were not listening, in which the author of the column, Rick Morrissey, said that the Cubs— should look to the Cardinals' way of doing business, which I know for a lot of people in St. Louis are like, what? Uh, But then Jackson took that and said, okay, compare and contrast the Cardinals. And based on the response here, and we've gotten a hell of a lot of text responses to the previous segment, it sounds like that we may have hit the nail on the head with the thought process. Um, Well, first off, I ought to to read this one because it's at the top. Uh, love you guys. Screw off Jackson. That's from the 618, which is my burner account. Right. <laughs> uh, with uh, this one, agree with you, Tim. I am more invested in the Blues now. That was not the case until after 2015. Not only have the Cardinals not been World Series contenders lately, but other than 2019 and this year, they haven't been serious division contenders. That is from the 314. Guys, I met Stillman opening game after they won the 2019 Cup as he greeted us coming into the game. Yeah, I don't think I see John Mazalek or Bill DeWitt doing that. Uh, Lisa, OMG, my thumbs hurt, LOL. I think that's in reference to Lisa has sent in multiple texts, and she is active, and I appreciate it. But more texts, the better, Lisa. So Absolutely. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. That's one of the things. And again, I don't. here's the thing with talking about the the relatable thing, and I, and I want to present to you, and I did present to you the Whitey Herzog, Tony La Russa thing. And I shall tell a story now. 
Would you like a story, Jackson? I always like a, a nice right. yarn. So in 2000, I am uh, 23 years old. I just started at KMOV, and I'm asking questions of athletes and managers that I would never ask now. Um, just a complete lack of self-awareness, which is continuing here into my mid-40s, but it was even at a higher level at 23. And I... I was working at KMOV, and we did an hour-long show. I grew up watching Sports Plus on KSDK, lived for the pit, by the way. And uh, and now we were doing an hour-long show, Steve Savard, Doug Vaughn, and myself. And so they wanted me to do longer-form interviews, probably just to fill time, but I loved doing them. Mm-hmm. And so after the Cardinals won a game in May, and I think it was like Willie McGee Day or something like that, they had Whitey Herzog on the field, and they had Tony LaRusso on the field with some of Willie's teammates from you know the 80s and the 90s. And and I noticed before the game that there was a huge cheer for Whitey Herzog when he was announced. And then when Tony LaRusso was announced, it was kind of like a, a smattering of applause. Sure. And so after the game, knowing that I needed to do a sit-down interview for KMOV that night, which was never an easy thing to do to get a guy, you know, player especially, but certainly LaRusso. And, and I looked like I was 12 years old. Uh, to do a sit-down interview. Like, he'll do a quick, like, back and forth for two minutes, but to sit down and my photographer setting up lights and, you know, it's a whole thing. Right. And and, and he goes, whoa, you know, I thought we were just going to do a quick, you know, I got things to do. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Skip. You know, I, thought, I thought you said you were good for it. You know, so I'm already, you know. Right. I'm wetting, I'm wetting myself. Right. But, again, lacking self-awareness, we talked maybe a little bit about the game, and I said, I'm just curious, does it bother you when you're introduced right after Whitey Herzog and he gets loud cheers and there really aren't cheers for you? He said, well, that's a good question. You're going to be working in New York or L.A. someday with those kinds of questions. I'm <laughs> like, oh, look at this. That's a nice little feather in your cap. Yeah, and I'm like, but, but really in reality, it was a, pr- I don't know. I don't know if it was a good question, honestly. <laughs> like, I look at it now through the eyes of somebody who's been doing this for a couple of decades, and I go, man, what an ass. I can't believe I asked that. But I did, and it sparked a response, because what his response could have been was, who do you think you are coming into my office and asking me, why are you and Rocky smiling at each other like you're looking across from the bar and want to buy each other a drink? No, oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Or who are you smiling at? Now, Rockio's confused. No, I was looking at Rockio. No. no, all good. Please continue. If you want to buy him a drink, do it at 11 o'clock when you I'm got done. It. Please. <laughs> Carry on. So it winds up resonating with him. So bringing it to present day, it can be a way. I think it's how people vote for people at times. Right. They can relate to them more. Mm-hmm. They may have no idea what their policies are and if they line up with them. But, oh, that guy seems like he's using multi-syllabic words and thinks he's more intelligent than me and is condescending, and therefore I don't like him, which I think in some cases people look at John Mazalak that way. Right. And I actually think Mazalak at times is attempting to be funny, but he just does it so dry, mm-hmm. you know, that it comes it can come off if you don't catch it as being condescending, even though I don't think that it necessarily is. And Bill DeWitt is just like an even keel guy who I think wants to win way more than he gets credit for. Right. And I do not work for the Cardinals, nor will I ever work for the Cardinals. 
I'm just a guy telling you what I think. Uh, and, and then Tom Stillman is a passionate hockey fan, but he's also not working in a spot that the Cardinals are where they're just, you know, they're a blue chip stock and they need to do everything they can. The Blues, at least they did. Now I think they're more ingrained after winning the Cup and he's got equity and the, the team has equity and the Rams are gone, so they're in a much better position. But it was a different situation. We used to hear about, man, I hope the Blues get a second round, if anything, just to help Stillman. Uh, and then Doug Armstrong, I think, just comes off more as a relatable guy. So these things factor into perceptions of people, especially when there isn't winning. And so that is why I bring that into the discussion, even though if you take a step back, it probably shouldn't matter. It can matter. Right. There are certain coaches like Mike Ditka, for example. Granted, he had the, the 85 Bears considered one of the greatest NFL teams of all time. But Mike Ditka was perfect for Chicago. If Mike Ditka were the coach of, at the time, the L.A. Rams, the L.A. Raiders, I don't know if it would have worked mm -hmm. as well. Bill Walsh was probably perfect for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Johnson was perfect for the Dallas Cowboys. Sometimes they're just, I think Craig Berube is perfect for the St. Louis Blues. When you talk about a personality, no nonsense, that kind of thing, how it meshes with the demographic, and then oftentimes they'll get the benefit of the doubt. So I think there is a philosophical difference when it comes to trade deadlines and a perception as to whether or not a team is quote-unquote really trying to win or just trying to compete. But I also think that what it was talked about here, and I've seen some of the texts about it, relatability with the organizations. I think people in St. Louis feel more relatable to the Blues and the Blues front office than they do with the Cardinals at this moment. And again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just telling you I think it's real. Your thoughts, 65780. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party, 1055. Right might on be, time. Might, might be good if I checked the clock before we came back for the next segment. Yeah. What do I have, like a minute? Uh, I guess solid two or three. All right. We're, we're gotten a billion texts, and I'd like to uh, to read um, anyone who thinks the Blues are on a better run or a better run, I apologize, are a better run organization than the Cardinals is looking at it emotionally and not pragmatically. The NHL has half the teams in the playoffs, and the Blues have a whopping one cup. In fact, they were bounced in the first round the last two seasons before this. The spoiled fan base just hates Mo and wants change. Be careful what you wish for. Well, I don't think we've really gotten into what's a better run franchise, no. so I want to make sure we keep our eye on the ball for the discussion. Um, I, I think that I do think, however, the second portion of the text, I do think that there is an element without question of the fan base being spoiled. I do agree with that part, but nobody, nobody on this show anyway was talking about what organizations better run. I'm not in either organization, so how would I be able to speak to that? I'm talking about the philosophy that we in the public see of what the Blues do and what the Cardinals do and the perception of those philosophies. Um, so, yeah, I'm, nobody on this show, and I doubt any other show for that matter, is commenting on an organization uh, being better run between the Cardinals and the Blues. Uh, see, I agree totally. I'm not a huge baseball fan anyway, but I appreciate the experience of going that said, I'm much more willing to spend my money on the Blues because of ownership and management. They interact with us fans. Look at 
two. Baruby is a frequent guest on radio shows on the station. I don't see that from the Cardinals, which is sad. That's from the 573. I, in, in fairness on that one, I don't know that that's the case um, with regard. And you also do. I think that this is just uh, honesty and media. It's also rather obvious. You know, 101 ESPN is the Blues station. So that's that's going to be a factor. But Craig Berube, and, and but, but I also will tell you this. Before 101 ESPN even existed, hockey players in general blues or otherwise just have always been more open to doing i don't say always since i started doing this in the late 1990s have always been more accessible it's just kind of the culture of the game i'm not sure why it is i'm sure you could go well the baseball has twice as many games and they were always around and it's a different deal and we're basically in their office all the time their office being the uh, the clubhouse. Uh, let me see. Let me get another one in here. Uh, Yankees don't have much to show for the last 20 years, and the team of the decade, Cubs, fire burnt out real quick. Fans need a wakening call to how good we have it here in St. Louis. Um, and I do think there's truth to it. Again, th- this this trade deadline coming up, assuming the Cardinals are in about the same spot that they are in right now, and somehow there isn't some giant fall like if Arnado or Goldschmidt were done for the year. Things change, so that's why I want to inclu- include that part in the discussion. But with that said, if they're in the same kind of spot they're in right now, and if you also have some question marks, some voids like they have at this moment, and the Cardinals are inactive or they get guys who are going to be in the woods in a tree stand in four months to pitch for them uh, and then never throw a baseball again, that would be really disappointing. But here's the thing. It wouldn't be that surprising based on the last few years. And that, I think, is what I would say is the core difference. All right, we got to go. BK and Ferrari are coming up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.